welcome back into Poke the Bear, episode 16. I'm Evan Marinovsky here alongside Connor Ryan. Connor, how are we doing? Uh, pretty bored, Evan. It's not really a lot going on these days, so I've mostly just been, uh, let's see, HBO, HBO Max, uh, let's see, catching up on Guy's Grocery Games. Good yes. show. Charlie uh, Moore Outdoors. Yes, very, very good. Such a character, that guy. He's just such an endless source of entertainment. Um, oh, he's so but, bashful. Uh, he's just, you know, he's just a wacky character, right? Um, he's crazy with a K. Yes. Uh, but no, yeah, I've just been pretty much on my phone for the last uh, four or five days, um, just staring at Twitter. So that's how uh, I've been spending my days. There's not a lot of brewing stuff going on, but there's, uh, maybe not thankfully is the right word, there's enough other news to occupy, I think, my time and many other people's uh, time these days. So that's what I've kind of been focusing on. How are you doing, Evan? I'm doing swell. I mean, it's funny. I was very, I was very worried that the election night we would get like debrusque signs or they traded for someone and it's like, Oh my God, now we're going to cover this news. That would be a classic like Bruins like diversion though. Like it's when the Patriots had their uh, Super Bowl parade and they fired Claude Julian at like six 45 in the morning. I think I woke up at like eight 39 and like, it was, you know, you never want to like wake up to like 85, like notifications. So, so of course, like at that point, I think like the first, um, text I got was someone being like, Oh, we got the Julian news. And I was like, Oh, uh, what? And I was like, Oh God. So yeah, uh, I yeah, always, I always hate waking up late to news like that. Cause I can, I have a tendency sometimes I will sleep a little late. Craig mm-hmm. Smith news. I think I, I, I think I, I forget when that broke, yeah. but I was, it like, was in the morning bed or it was something. It was on a weekend. Yes. So I was kind of like chilling in bed and I saw it. I was like, Oh, I gotta get up. But, yeah, yes. Thankfully, the Bruins have not done that. So yes, far. thankfully, the Bruins didn't do that. Um, I, I, I will guarantee you that the Red Sox are going to announce their manager like within an hour of any legitimate news breaking. Yes, today, Nova- today Nevada will Thursday. be called, and then you'll hear like Red Sox uh, hire Cora. The funny thing is, for me, I try to stay off Twitter and Instagram during these times because I feel that people on both sides go to such extremes and 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 say some really dumb things a lot of times. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to watch TV. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch John King up there with his, with his, uh, map board I'll, or I'll watch like, you know, pride, Bill Hammer with his board. And, the, pride of, uh, the pride of Dorchester, John King. Yeah. That guy has, it's funny people. I think some people not in media don't understand, like people sleep at the networks. They, they sleep at the studios, not obviously in the studio, but they have offices with beds sometimes, which I imagine is what he did. I don't think he went all the way home and came back. Yeah. And, you know, and he wasn't standing there for 48 hours, but Dude, the guy's been a horse. Legend has it that Steve Kornacki, Boston University graduate, uh, has not like gone to bed yet. I think he's still wearing like the same shirt he had on, on like election night, which granted it's like a, a plain white shirt. So I think he might have kind of like the Steve Jobs kind of thing, which is he's the he guy wears. on MSNBC, right? Or NBC? Yeah. Who like okay. they have like a, tw- they have like a 24 hour cam on him. And it's usually just him freaking out, like looking at like all like the changing numbers and stuff. But those guys, like, I don't think have gone to bed. I think it's the cool thing though. Like you, if you're one of those guys, you don't want to be known as the guy who went to bed. Like you want to be up oh, yeah, at no, that these board. Guys. This is the Stanley cup of things to cover for political reporters, especially for guys like John King and Steve Kornacki. Like that, this is it. This is the thing. Oh, yeah. um, and you don't want to be like asleep for an hour or two. You want to be 
looking at counties, breaking it down, comparing it to 2016, 2018, 2012. You want to be on your game. You want to be awake. And they and they are. I mean, nobody's taking a hit. The, the ratings, though, I think are down overall for watching uh, election coverage on television, which makes sense. I mean, people, is like you said, what, what, you know, checking Twitter. I just find it tough because, you know, you have the Associated Press who's called Arizona, but you, at the time of recording this, you have CNN who hasn't called Arizona. So it's just one big jumbled mess. So we'll, we'll stick to as, Bruins as, here. As Twitter usually is, it's a complete a jumbled mess. <laughs> it's a jumbled mess. Um, but at any rate, you're right. Not a lot going on in the Bruins world um, at all. So we are going to focus today on the expansion draft, the Ooh. future. We're going to be looking at the expansion another, draft. Another stressful event a year in the future. <laughs> yes. oh, Let's just do more stressful events. Um, but this will be stressful. This will be interesting. This will take place uh, next offseason, which will be the, the interesting part of, of that offseason. Uh, maybe a little bit more interesting than this offseason. Uh, but – uh, maybe we'll know the vote totals by then. Nevada will still, the, as soon as the Bruins like lose one of their guys, Nevada will finally call in. Like, like we finally got, we finally got these votes. I love how they're just like, we'll, we'll count them over the weekend, and the rest of the country's like, what? What are you doing? Like, no, get in there now. And <laughs> they're just fine. like, we're we're taking a well, we're taking a break. We're, yeah. You know, eh, so what? You know, this is our, like this is a moment in the spotlight. Like, no one's been talking about Nevada for for years and years now. So, like, we're gonna we're gonna milk this for as long as it can. <laughs> yes. we're, we're counting fifteen votes a day. I know we're gonna we're gonna do like you know one ballot. We're gonna make sure it's all good. And, don't want, watch out for the poll watchers though. They'll kick your ass. Okay. Um, but, uh, so that we, everything's just going to relate back to the election. It's oh, so hard to, to not do. But, uh, so the expansion draft, um, the Bruins obviously going into this offseason, we thought Grizzly could probably be the guy that is exposed. Um, probably not now with his new deal. And if they don't sign anybody else to trade for any other defenseman, I would imagine he would be a part of the three or four. Because it's the, the, there's seven three one and you can do six. any of who you want, uh, including a goalie. So if you have like, let's say it was like maybe like the Nashville Predators a few years back where their decor was like loaded, like you know oh one through God. like five, then maybe you do that. But then you give up. You're losing like like quite a few of your forwards to take in at least a top six guy or. Um, other, a couple, few other guys, but you look at the Bruins and their structure. Seven three one makes the most sense, especially now with uh, Tory Crew gone. That makes it a lot easier to just you know, if you're plug in guys, the defense is easy, right? You just McAvoy, uh, Kahlo, and Grizzly, and you're kind of all set there. Yeah, so that, this is probably the route they're going to go. We're going to assume they take it seven three one. Obviously, as you said, the smart move. Um, so the you know the, the Kraken obviously want good players, mm-hmm. as any team would want. Um, in 20, in, in the Vegas expansion draft, the Bruins or the Golden Knights got Colin Miller. That was their pick from the Bruins. There's a few guys we have on our radars who the, the Kraken will probably take a crack at. I look forward to their first season. Yeah. Yes. I all look the, forward to their first the, season all those too. Quips. All those little quips. So, um, briefly go over who you think that the Kraken will take and, and who the Bruins could end up having to leave exposed. Yeah, I think, well, you look at, if we do like the 7-3-1, um, goalie situation is a little bit tougher, right? Because you don't really know if, you know, Rask and Halaka free agents then is it you just protect, you know, Vladar, is that kind of the guy you look at? If they sign Rask, because I think Rask is either 
I assume Rask is either going to be back or he's not going to be playing. I don't think he really wants to go anywhere else. Um, so the goalie situation is tough because let's say if you exposed a guy like Vladar, that could be a guy that Seattle might be intrigued in, you know? Um, but I, I think you looked at some of the obvious candidates. If you're the Bruins, you'd want Seattle to take, uh, you know, a John Moore, a guy like that, a guy who's under contract, who maybe you could pitch to a, a regular expansion team. Like, Hey, here's a veteran guy. He's, he can play 18 plus minutes a night. You know, he just doesn't have a spot on this team. Um, that'd be what the Bruins would love to have happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, uh, you kind of look across the landscape of the league too. Uh, Seattle's n- similar to Vegas is about to rob a whole bunch of different teams. Cause especially now with the market like this, again, I think we're in agreement that there's not going to be uh, any jump in the cap next year. Right. I think it's going to be a pretty stagnant market. Again, you're going to have teams that are just so desperate to get like, money freed up that they're probably going to be exposing like top six guys. Well, Tyler you know, Johnson, like, if this was this off season, yes. Tyler Johnson would have been exposed. Exactly. Or him or Cologne or any of these guys like teams are, I think now, even if you're losing a legitimately good player, uh, if they're, if you're freeing up five, six million against the cap, you're going to have a lot of these guys available for the Kraken. And if they have all this, you know, extra capital, they're going to take a few of these guys. Right. So, uh, I mean, Seattle's poised to, have a similar to Vegas, which you would wonder why, like they haven't amended some of those rules yet for these expansion draft teams, because like they seem very, very favorable. Um, you're going to probably see another Kraken team. That's probably going to be pretty solid crew their first year in. Um, but you look at it from the Bruins perspective, um, again, I think the, the narrative for the longest time was, you know, if Krug's back, then Grizzly's going to be the goner, which would make a lot of sense for a team like Seattle to, to bring in a guy like that. Um, but even with Krug gone and Grizzly locked up, and you probably don't have to worry that much about the decor, you're probably still losing uh, an impact forward at the very least. I mean, all right, let, let, let's go through, like, the, the seven forwards. So uh, you have to protect guys. It's part of the provisions, right? Uh, so you have to protect guys who have no movement clauses. So Bergeron is a lock, which even if he didn't have a no movement clause, (laughs) we're going to expose Bergeron. There we go. Yeah. Uh, David Pasternak, who does not have a no movement clause until the previous year. However, David Pasternak is not going anywhere either. Marshan not going anywhere either. Charlie Coyle also has a no movement clause, so he's not going anywhere. But again, they're not after signing him to that contract, what his role should be going forward, especially with, you don't really know what's going on with David Krejci. Coyle's not going anywhere either. Um, after that, you're probably looking at DeBrusque, who I think we're just going to assume is back. Probably on a bridge deal, I would assume. But I mean, he's not going to Carolina a guy. Gardner. Yeah, hope, I mean, hopefully not. Um, but again, he's a guy who at the very least is going to get you probably 20 goals. And as much as he's knocked for consistency problems, he's still a guy I think you can pencil in for that baseline of production. And again, He's a few bounces away from being a 25, potentially 30-goal scorer. So I don't think the Bruins have given up a guy like him, especially for, for free, especially considering that I don't think his new contract's really going to break the bank anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you kind of are, are stuck in this spot, right, where you're, you pretty much have two more spots to go um, with, like, three possible guys. So I think the three guys are Craig Smith, who I think we're both high on. Um, he's a guy who should – uh, do well kind of wherever they put him next year. You know, the ideal situation would be he'd be with 
coil probably on that third line, but I, I, my expectation is he's going to get a lot of top six looks, especially to start the year, right, with Pasternak and Martian both out. Um, but so you got him who is probably going to produce, probably going to help out this team a lot. He's going to be 31 this year, so maybe we'll see how that kind of factors into it, whether you cut bait after a year or something with it. But ideally the Bruins signing him to a three-year deal at good value, you don't want to give a guy like him up. Um, so you got him. You've got Andre Kasha, who's a restricted free agent after next year. Uh, is going to be turning 25, I think, pretty soon, if not uh, by the end of at least this upcoming year. We all kind of know the book on Kasha. The metrics, fantastic. Needs to actually start finishing more. But Sounds like a I few other players on the Bruins. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to be the other guy we talk about. But at least you look at Kasha, right, um, and how he played with Krejci, even if the, the production wasn't there. You, David Krejci looked like he at least had a, a competent winger on his line again. Um, and I think with a full training camp, um, if he's healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if Kasha is a productive middle six forward for this team next year. I mean, you know, he could be a 20-goal scorer if he stays healthy. Like, it, that wouldn't shock me, especially if he's put in a role, in, especially in the top six, if that's where he lands. So that's another guy who ideally, considering his age, his potential, the fact that as an RFA, his new contract's probably not going to really slam you in terms of your cap space, he's another guy you really want to get rid of. And the other guy is Anders Bjork, who um, is probably maybe the uh, maybe is the most likely. It all depends on what he puts forth this year because um, he's very well could be a guy that breaks out, especially if he's you know stuck with a guy like Coyle for the whole year. Um, you know, I think he probably played one of his best games as a Bruin in their last game, that overtime loss to Tampa Bay. I mean, that coil line was dynamic um, throughout the game. Um, again, I don't expect he's going to have like a, a breakthrough, like he's going to score 20 goals and, you know, 45, 50 points, but he's still a guy that I think you watch him. Again, needs to start bearing those chances more, um, but there's a lot of potential there. It's not like this is a, he's a project. You know, he's a guy that I think with more reps – is still going to be a, a productive NHLer, even if he's in kind of a third line role. So I think you have to pick pretty much two out of those three there in terms of who you end up protecting. Cause I think a few of the other guys that would be exposed, Richie, um, you know, if he plays enough Wagner, who I don't think Seattle would take as a, a fourth line guy, considering who else would be out there. Uh, I think it's, if you're you Seattle, definitely get cheaper for fourth line. Yeah, exactly. On the open market. Exactly. Um, so I think for Seattle, if you're looking at, you know, it's a tough situation for the Bruins, right? Because let's say, you know, Kasha and Smith score 20 goals and Bjork, who's younger, who's on a really cheap deal, is a, you know, gets 35 points and is valuable. Like, who do you kind of value there? Is it the two younger wingers and Smith, who's going to be 32 you, you part ways with? Like, it's not like a a set in stone decision now. And if these guys progress how they should, it'd be even a tougher decision. If Bjork really kind of comes into his own this year. I think it's, it's a, as you said, it's a difficult decision, but I think it depends on how this season goes for the Bruins. I mean, if the Bruins uh, do well this season, you know, make a real push for the cup and show that we can make a push for the cup next season. And then the year after, then I think it's Bjork. But I think if, if, if the Bruins go out this year and are not, uh, you know, top of the you know top of their division are out in the first or second round don't show a lot of promise you know you wonder about the future of Krejci and Rask then it's Smith then I think you you expose Craig Smith for you know salary cap purposes um but I mean right now the easy decision is probably probably Bjork just out of what we 
know yeah. and what we have so far. Um, because again, Kasha has that potential and he's shown it in Anaheim. And also I think for a guy like Bjork in Seattle, it'd be a great fresh start for a kid like him. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, legitimately going to a new team, definitely being in their top nine, if not top six, depending on how he does this year, I think could be really helpful for a kid like him. The other thing, Craig Smith, I wonder if it was in his negotiations with Boston or if it was, you know, talked about because mm-hmm. obviously he's a free agent, older guy, talked about his wife loving Boston. I do wonder if part of the negotiations was we're not going to expose you in the Seattle draft. We're going to protect you no matter what. I wonder if that was a thing that they talked about. Now, um, I think that's the thing probably a lot of free agents are asking the teams they want to go to. Like, are you going to expose me in the Seattle draft? Um, but for a guy like Craig Smith, I do wonder if that was a, a thing. You know, older guy uh, looking for some money, looking to stay somewhere potentially kind of long-term, especially after being in Nashville for 11 years. So uh, probably Bjork is the guy, at least going off this. But on defense, so you, you mentioned Carlo McAvoy, Krizlik is the definites. Now that would leave open Clifton. Mm-hmm. Luzon would be in there, is right? Yep. So it would be Luzon, Clifton, John Moore, uh, Kevin Miller probably. Yeah. If he plays, is he on a one-year deal or a two-year deal? I he's on a one-year deal. So. One-year deal. So if they, if they decided to re-sign him or whatnot, I mm-hmm. guess he could be someone else. Um, I'm forgetting anybody. Jake, oh, so we were talking before the show. This is an interesting scenario. Yeah. I want you to lay it out for the listeners to to listen to. Yeah. So the good thing from the Bruins' perspective, and for a lot of these teams that have younger assets, is that it's not like Seattle can be like, okay, I have free reign. I'm going to you're going to protect your stars. I'm going to I'm going to pillage you know your farm system or anything like that. So, um, players who are on uh, who are first or second year pros. Um, aren't eligible to be uh, selected. So you're not going to see um, Seattle take, you know, a guy who's maybe just breaking into the league like a Stadnika or, you know, they're not taking a guy who's uh, a college free agent like Jack Ashan or John Beecher down. You know, they can't take one of those guys. Um, we're we're going to take your first round pick from yeah, last yeah, year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so for, for the Bruins, that it's good in that sense. It's, you kind of have to read through the CBA to get the full definition. So it's like if you're under the age of 20 and you played like 10 games at the NHL level, that counts as a pro season serve. But if it's an AHL season, uh, if you turn 20 before NHL season starts, you know, it, it wouldn't count. It's, it's, you have to read through the CBA. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I spent a couple of, uh, quite a bit of time just pouring through it, but essentially you're not going to lose these younger guys who you, who you would be naturally worried about losing. Um, I believe back is safe in that situation, but a guy who isn't uh, is a guy like um, Jacob Zaboral, which um, I think most Bruins fans would be like, okay, I mean, if he's, you know, if, if he's dipping, you know, that, that could be a, a situation. Um, but I believe Zaboral is on a two year contract. I want to say. Um, um, I believe, I believe I so. Believe it, I believe it's a two-year deal, but let me see. Either two sure. or three. I think it's two. Let's see. Again, people um, are yelling in their cars. People are yelling at the at spoke the, spoke Z banging so steering wheel. It's a two-year deal or it's a three-year deal. What are they talking about? Um, Jacob Zaboral has signed <laughs> a two-year deal. So a two-year deal at seven twenty-five, uh, seven twenty-five thousand cap hit. So Bruins are getting. Least, yeah. So I, I mean, you look at that situation, right? And at this point, I think we're operating with the assumption that the Bruins are going to go into the year embracing a kind of a youth movement on that blue line. 
unless they, you know, trade for a guy like Uyghur or something like that. But um, Victor Hedman. <laughs> oh, that one could work too. Yeah. Um, but you, you look at a scenario like that and this would be like the most Bruins bad luck thing ever is that I think everyone's skeptical of if Zaboral could be a, you know, a legitimate minutes eating, maybe top four guy, you know, if you slot him in kind of where Krug was, but like, let's just say he does. And, you know, a guy who has had a slower development kind of curve, but was lauded as being Providence's best defenseman. Um, he impressed during training camp last year. Let's say he comes up here and, you know, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but he's kind of like, uh, maybe like what you saw from like a Kahlo in his first year where you're like, Oh, this guy can actually play. You know, he's kind of like Grizzly in his first year. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it doesn't make, he's kind of like a offensive lineman in football, right? It's like, you don't really notice him, but that's not really a bad thing. Um, let's say he does that. That'd be great. And then nice way to call him fat. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, but, but then, you know, you have him there and you're like, Oh, we actually might have something with this guy. And then Seattle just takes him. Yeah. That, can very I mean, that well would be a scenario. I mean, that, that's the funny thing. That would be a very Bruins, uh, time. And, and what's funny is a lot of people thought that'd be the case with Colin Miller. A lot yeah. of people thought Colin Miller would go to Vegas. You know, I remember Vegas came to Boston early in their first season, and Colin Miller was manning the, the first or second power play unit. And people were like, oh, there it is. He, he was racking up points that first year for Vegas. He, he was racking up points. And I think I, I, that could, I could be, see that as like a scenario. I could see that, especially in Seattle, as them seeing, hey, let's take on a project from Boston. I mean, we, you know, if I'm, the, if I'm the Kraken, let's say Zaboral comes in this year, has a really solid first year. Nothing crazy, as you said, but a good enough first year. And they go, you know, do we want a, a you know, a, an inconsistent forward like Kasha or Bjork or an older one like Smith? Or do we want a kid who has a lot of potential but could potentially be a project, but he's a former first round pick in Jacobs Zborl and try to build him into something, give him the confidence? Cause again, I mean, I think some of these guys like Zborl, Seneshin, Vakaninen, you wonder how they're going to perform with confidence. If you said to them, you're going to be a top four defensive, you're going to be, you know, in our lineup every night, perform. You wonder if these guys are going to perform. Um, and I wonder if Seattle takes a little chance on that with a guy like Jacobs Borrell. Um, yeah, or, or even, or even Lozon, right? I mean, we know that he's going to be in the, the running for one of those spots. And if it's, I mean, he's under contract for this year and next at 850. So like, again, he's a guy who I think probably he had an underwhelming playoff run, but for most of the year, I think he really kind of stood out as being a guy that I think exceeded expectations. And if you're Seattle and you're getting, Again, I think they're going to be picking up a lot of good talent from other teams, especially that are really strapped for cash, who are settled down by terrible contracts. Um, if you land with Boston and you can get a guy who's 23, 24, maybe the ceiling, the floor is steady. The ceiling, you know, don't know if he's going to be maybe a top four guy, but if he's your, your bottom pairing defenseman, uh, good on the PK and he's costing you no money, you can bring him on aboard. Doesn't sound like a really bad deal. Like, you know, the the Kraken have the flexibility to, um, you know, kind of pick and choose how they view some of these assets and maybe whether it's worth investing, maybe a younger, cheaper guy. If you're getting some of these more established talent from teams that are in desperate need of unloading some of these contracts. It's funny. I always, you think about if you're a player, and I mentioned this a little bit with Bjork, if you're a player who's kind of struggling to find a place in a, in any team in the NHL, whatever team you're on, I feel like going to Seattle would be a cool opportunity in a sense. Like it's a second chance in yeah. a sense. I think, I, I think players would want to go to Seattle. It's not yeah. like they're starting an expansion team in Winnipeg. Yeah. They're doing a good job picking good markets to like actually send these people to. Yeah. Vegas, Seattle. I don't know if they'll do another one, but you know, uh, Quebec, Quebec. 
that'd be pretty cool. Um, this starts a fun discussion. If you were a player, where if and if you could pick any team to play for, this was on Twitter a while ago. Yeah. If you could pick any team to play for, any location, what do you think you'd pick? Because obviously we didn't plan this out, so I don't expect you to have an answer ready. Ooh. Uh, I mean, it depends on kind of what you, what you you prioritize. I, mean, I, I think say, like, if, you, if you if you I think get the best of all things involved, it'd probably be like Vegas, right? I mean, you live in Vegas, got a whole bunch of stuff there. Your facilities are brand new. They're all state-of-the-art. The team's competently run, you've seen so far. They're going to be competitive. You're not in a major media market like Boston or New York or Toronto or any of these ones where you're going to have, you know, the locker room crammed every single day. If you're a player, it's not It's not even like, you know, when when teams sign, when players sign with, like, the Panthers, they go, all right, this guy's just mailing it, and he's, get, he's collecting his cash, and he's going down there, he's just enjoying the sunshine. Like, Vegas offers a lot of that same – value except one you don't live in florida which is great um you just live in the state with the slowest counting ballot people ever um yes. but 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 at the very least you're you know, you're with a competitive a competitive uh franchise that seems like that it knows what it's doing um with seemingly unlimited cap you know i still like yeah. don't know how they did like the the cap gymnastics to just add a guy like uh Petrangelo on board there but that was a player probably that because it seems like it's kind of the best of both worlds right you you're not like the again you're, you're living in a, a city too where it's just like endless like concerts and shows you're not the celebrity in town really if you're if you're walking around so yeah like i'm trying i'm trying to think of places especially like i i consider like obviously winning warmer weather um you know the tax uh florida the taxes oh, yeah, are either that, lower that there's no it. There's no, uh, is it income? There's no income it's tax income, in Florida. It's income tax, yeah. No them income in, tax. Them, so, them in Texas. Yeah. So if you go to Florida, you know, I was thinking Tampa Bay, nice weather all year round, especially in the winter. They're winning. You might not get a lot of money because it's, you know, they're strained for cap, but you know, in this scenario, I guess money isn't a thing, but yes, you'd also they probably give you, tax. they probably give you a jet ski when you're down there too for their new promos. Like it's, yes. just, it's part of the deal. So when you get a new, it's you get a new place and give you like a parking pass or something. It's like no, it's like the the, the keys to your new jet ski. You get to be, you get a boat for being boat parades. Yep. They had the boat uh, rallies. They had some for Trump. I think they had some for Biden as well. So they're on their boats. You know, you can do the rallies that way. Um, everything's political these days. But but I was thinking Tampa, Vegas is a great one. Um, L.A. maybe. I mean, I guess you have the warmer weather, but the traffic sucks. And California is. Ugh. Here's the, and, here's the thing, though, is like when I was in L.A. when the Bruins. Oh, I have the playing, answer. I have the answer, but keep going. Keep going. Keep oh, going. Yeah, nope, I was saying going. when my biggest takeaway when I went, I, I was never in L.A. until the previous season when the Bruins played Anaheim and uh, the Kings. And I was like shocked at like the traffic is like not ideal. Clearly, they might be underselling. There's probably people in California who are like, what are you talking about? The traffic sucks. At least like the traffic in like L.A. is like part of like just the system and the and like the gridlock and it's not like you're like uh getting off 93 in boston and there's like a, a smart car like parked on top of you and there's people screaming at you it's just like slow like you got like yes. red lights going off like the freeway and all this stuff it's like you're just kind of inching along but at least it's part of the system like boston traffic is heinous like boston traffic makes you like rip your hair out so like, yeah i I will always say that I think Boston's got like the worst traffic. Cause even like New York, people are freaked out about that. It's all on a grid. You again, you might 
be kind of backed up, but you just, you're moving along. You're not going to be stuck in an intersection getting screamed at by a guy like you do if you're driving into like the garden. It's funny. You think about it um, with, uh, with traffic, with COVID. I feel like there hasn't been a ton of traffic and it's going to be a shock when that traffic just comes back. Whatever that like, is. I'm, I'm going to be, I will never be more happier to be like stuck in the Braintree split or like yes. going, getting backed up on exit 17 on the pike of just dealing with that again. Cause I will take that over. Oh, over oh I totally would. Being back. Like, I'll, I'll take that and like having to leave like, uh, you know, Southie to go to the garden. And I takes like an hour and 30 minutes to get there, even though I could have literally walked and it would have taken me like 35 like I'll, yes. I will take that every day of the week over it being somewhat normal again. Cause I agree with you right now. So, less than ideal. So my place, and I can't believe we didn't think of it. Nashville. Yes, Nashville would be, be the place. Spot. Great hockey market up and coming warmer weather. Uh, I don't know what the income tax is there, but competent organization. Um, a lot of people chicken. are, a lot of people love Nashville. Nashville's a really up and coming city uh, in the U S a lot of, some businesses have been moving there. So Nashville, I guess you go to Vegas for uh, that'd probably also be one of my picks or maybe, mm-hmm. my, maybe my pick, but for the how sake about, of dis- disagreeing, I'd go Nashville. How about Columbus? I'm, I'm just oh, Columbus. <laughs> Columbus. <laughs> yeah, how about St. Brown, Louis? I mean, I, well, well, Krug. <laughs> yeah. Well, God, we already did that. We already did our rant on St. Louis, but holy hell. Say. But I mean, like obviously the, the non-desirable ones, I mean, if you're a player hearing you're traded to Winnipeg, Buffalo, Ottawa, Taylor Hall, Ottawa's the big one. Ottawa sucks. That is the worst because you can't even get in that. Like the, I've never been, but I guess there's something with the the home arena. It's away from everything. It's like uh, I, 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 what people say it reminds me of is like Gillette, but I think it's even more like out of the way, or there's even less to do. It's like at least Gillette they've built stuff around it, right? But like you go to that place, I think you're literally in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. it reminds me of like when you go to um, Nassau Coliseum. Again, you're on Long Island. There's enough stuff around there, but like you get off like the like the exit where it is, and there's like a big parking lot, Nassau, one hotel, and then like a Chipotle <laughs> across the street. I'm like, oh okay, like, this I guess is what I'm I'm doing for the next. Of course, you get there like for morning skates, you're just walking around. It's only some. Let me just say, there's only so much you can do at one Chipotle in seven hours before a game starts. It's but. true. But it's, it's better. It's better than what Ottawa is, which seems like it's just barren. Yes. No, I agree. But then I, I, other than Ottawa, Winnipeg, Buffalo, and I, I guess maybe in Edmonton. I mean, that's yeah. not a place that people want to go to. Um, Calgary. I don't know why that's not in the same boat, but it's. Yeah. You can go to like Banff. You can go to like the Rockies and stuff. You're like an hour out. Yeah, or Vancouver would be a cool yeah. place to go to. Yeah, Vancouver yeah. Is I nice think Vancouver place. is one of the Vancouver is one of those cities that everyone has to like. If you mention uh, like the city, it always is someone in like your party who has to be like, "Oh, I went there once. It was so nice." There's always, <laughs> it's, it's one of those cities where you always have the one guy who's like, they didn't even leave the city; they were in like a layover. Like, yeah, oh, the airport is really sick. It's like, all right, yeah. cool, man. Yeah, but that's like what Vancouver is. Like, I don't think anyone has ever said anything bad about it. Detroit wouldn't be also wouldn't be a great one just because of Detroit. That would yeah. be like a like I don't know how you'd like tell the wife and kids like oh daddy gets traded to Detroit. I, I feel <laughs> like Detroit. I feel like Detroit's one of those new cities that it's like you're getting more of. It's like when you have people talk about Worcester here, it's like ah, it's on the up and up. Which then you go to like Worcester and you go through Kelly Square and you get freaking t boned. But other than that, like <laughs> uh, 
So you, at least you got some history with Detroit, right? You got a brand new Little Caesars Arena. So it's dope. Oh, Caesars Arena. Yeah. <laughs> what if, if the Bruins had a, ch- if the Garden had to change its name, what would be the worst sponsor? And you can't say Dunk. That'd be, that'd be the funniest oh. one. But Sam like, Adams. I would, Sam Adams would be the worst. Or like Wahlberg, Wahlberg Arena or something. Oh God, Wahlberg's yeah, that would, Arena. That would, that would, that that would be, be the worst. What it would be. That would be like legal seafood any... or something. That wouldn't be bad because at least it'd be good seafood there. Oh, dude, but like, what's the most smell on like chowder bro- though? You should be the oh, start of the game. Be, oh, dude, that's this. Oh God, I'm you don't so, like chowder, dude? I don't like seafood. No, really? That's oh, disgusting. chowder's the best. No. Oh. Give me chowder and a lobster roll. I will eat that like it's nothing. Oh, it's heinous, but I, th- that is actually a great question. What would be the worst name for uh, – we can turn this into a Twitter video segment. What would be the worst name or most like on-brand annoying Boston? It would be like, like Baked I mean, Beans if was, Arena. If, if it was on-brand, it would be like Duncan Arena, which yeah. like – it could work if it was like maybe it was just like – the Celtics play there, like Duncan, get it like you're dunking a basketball. No. It would be part of like the PR release, like, oh, see this, and no one would find it funny at all. Um, but you probably get dunks. like, we probably get like free dunks, though, like in like the press box, which would be sick. Well, there was Joe, a year, would, when was it? That. Was it the cup last year or two years ago when they gave us gift cards? They did. That was they gave sick. us gift cards recently or it, in the past that, few that years. That was the one where like they had the press conference and it was like Gary Bedman and like oh, the right. walking, the walking like styrofoam <laughs> cup of Duncan walked around. The sentient uh, Duncan cup walked around. It was like handing out stuff. And yes. everyone was like, this is the worst thing in the world. And like, this is like a fever dream. This is unbelievable. Yeah. This is what the Stanley Cup is all about. This is probably what, what Gary, which I think what Gary Bedman said during his. His like pressure for it, like advocate, like I don't even know what it was for. It was like, like they're gonna replace the Stanley pressure. Cup with a huge Dunks hot coffee that the Ugh, team can lift. That'd be great. It would probably burn. Uh, you'd probably spill it everywhere, but be worth it though. It's like the yeah. uh, the old saying that the, the cup is 30, uh, 30 something pounds, but it feels light as a feather when you pick it up. That that Except classic when there's quote. Scalding hot coffee in it. Unless it's or COVID all over the outside of it. Yes. Um, but that's an interesting question. Dunks. Well, it could be like like TD Bank Arena or TD Bank Garden. Like when it was TD Bank North Garden for a while, it mm-hmm. didn't really flow. Yeah. But they changed it to TD Garden, so it could be like Dunks Arena or Dunks Garden. Dunks Garden's kind of weird, but um, <laughs> Dunks. <laughs> Dunks Garden. We just call it like just the big dunk and have it be like the landmark, like Dunk no. But then that's Providence. Then that's Providence. They can deal. We'll we'll give them something else. We'll give the them dunk. we'll give we'll give them legal seafood. <laughs> legal Providence seafood can take arena. legal take legal seafood. <laughs> but no, be, they should uh, have it. You know how like when you went to like New York City and like in Times Square they had that huge ass toy uh, Toys R Us that had like the Ferris wheel yes. in it. Yep. Should do that for the garden. It should be like a Dunkin' Donuts kind of like theme park, and like kind of the 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 reason it's there is to have you know hockey games and Celtics games, but like it's really just as like a, a celebration of the great franchise that is Dunkin' Donuts. It could be, you know, it'd be the worst if it was like Starbucks Arena. That'd be, That'd be no. If it was fitting of how like Boston is, it would be like Cafe Nero. They would just take it into a Cafe Nero because that's all they're building now. It's just fucking Cafe Nero's and Santander Banks. That's what, be, that's, that's what it would be. It would be Santander <laughs> Arena. That's what it's going to be. Papa Gino's Arena also. That's another good oh, one. Oh, dude, that would, be, that, would, that would be incredible. <laughs> Bring back the Papa. Um, but that's that's a very interesting question. The Zake, Zake Marina for the Zake Bridge. Maybe that. Uh, that. I'm trying to think of other – I'm trying to think of like um, 
Mike's it's just a huge Mike's pastry. Capo Arena. Oh God, Jesus! <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going into random ass Southie establishments. Um, but that that's an interesting question. I think that's one that people can weigh in on because that's like yeah. the easy the a, one the, the the number one pick is way too easy. But there's there's got to be a lot out there. But Sam Adams would have to be near the top. Sam Adams would be in play. Maybe Fenway. Maybe have two Fenways. Because a lot of a lot of cities, they don't name them the same, to, but they put the, the arenas next to each other. Like in Philadelphia, it, you have the everything next to each other. Right, which would make a lot of sense here. But um, but it has to be something that's like a local thing too. Because like Gillette Stadium, like Gillette's like right in right on like the Ooh, water in southeast. So. Here, here's a good one. Bose, Bose is in Framingham. No big deal. Bose could be a good one. Re- I think Bose. Bose could be good. Bose and have the arena in Framingham. Have Bose have Bose Garden in Framingham. The Bruins will play in Framingham. So I'm sure, I'm sure the Pike would be really excited to have the Route Nine. Have fun yeah. coming to the game on Route Nine. That yeah, would be exactly. really fun for all of you guys. Well, maybe um, they can get a sponsorship deal and get like Bose speakers in the place because like there's a busted ass speaker up like right where the media is and it sounds yep. like one of those uh like skull candy headphones you bought like a target for five dollars <laughs> that's like what it sounds like when like the music that's playing it's like everyone's getting audio slave i'm getting like a cheap like creed knockoff like blasting in my face so there's this one broken speaker skull candy shout out, shout, shout out skull candy Buy stock in the skull. Skull candy yes. stocks about to skyrocket. Um, but that is that. That is today's yes. Pokes to Bear. Hopefully this is a good enough distraction from the election for you guys. Um, so, you know, maybe instead of uh, waiting for the votes to come in, you can draft up new names for uh, TD Garden. You can make it something different. Uh, so lucky you guys. So, Connor, before I let you go, anything you're working on at BSJ that the people should keep their eye out for? Yeah, we're uh, currently ranking uh, the top 25 Bruins prospects in the system. So I think everyone knows the the big names, right? The Stenikas and the Vakaninans and the Swaymans. But um, uh, we're looking at, obviously, those guys will be mentioned, but we're looking at, you know, undrafted guys or guys maybe later in the, the rounds from the last few years who are really kind of proven to be good value picks. So we're kind of doing a deep dive on that so you can see all that at bostonsportsjournal.com. Subscribe to us there. You can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Do all that. And for CLNS Media, Evan Marinovsky for Boston Sports Journal. That's Connor Ryan. Stay sane these next few days, everyone, uh, and have a great rest of your day while you're at it. (laughs) 